You can make a difference by dropping off a hot meal and saying a quick hello. So, America, let's do lunch. Volunteer your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals and Wheels America and the Ad Council.
Good evening. You are listening to Pandora's Lunchbox here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. That was Chibomato with Apple. And now it's time for Stereo Lab with Emperor Tomato Ketchup.
other words, a knife is, is a tool, and it's got to be very sharp. And they're really, they're your life in your kitchen because it makes them, it's so much easier to cook if you have sharp knives. In fact, I find usually when I go visiting and I'm asked to cook, I can't find any sharp knives, so I always take my own with me. So I conclude that not many householders have sharp knives, but they're so easy to, easy to sharpen and they're not very expensive. But when you do get, a, do get good knives and keep them nice and sharp, you really have to care for them like a baby. After you are used, after you finish cutting with them, you should immediately wash them by hand. And the carbon steel ones stain quite easily. I've got one here that I rub with lemon juice and it just looks awful, but it's very easy to clean. You just take uh, some steel wool and dampen it just very slightly, wring it out and take some scouring powder and put it on the, the side of the sink or in a little jar. And then just rub it over the knife hard. You see all that stain has come out. That's just lemon juice, but if you let the knife sit around with something like that on it, it will immediately stain. But as you can see that it cleans off very easily and then put it under water. But be sure, get into the habit of always having the blunt edge against your hand. If you have the sharp edge, you could just cut your hand right in two. So get in the habit of that, of, of using the tool correctly and then dry it off. You don't ever want to uh, put a good knife in the dishwasher and you don't ever want to wash it in the sink with a whole lot of other instruments because if you do it will uh, other things will bang against the edge and break it off and for that very same reason you don't want to uh, leave it lying loose in the drawer use either a knife box or a knife holder or what's awfully good are these magnetic life hold knife holders like this see it just sticks on the wall like that and this one's a very strong one. This is both for tools and knives. They have some rather fancy looking ones that uh, aren't as strong as this. But be sure that you get one that is both for tools and knives and then you'll find that your knife will just stay on and you'll never have any trouble about uh, hurting the edge. And then, when you're gonna chop onions, once you've got your sharp knife, you want to be able to chop things very fast, like this. how fast that goes and there your onions are all in slices and this is something that you have to practice on and I'll show you how you start out you take your onion and you cut it through at the root end like that and then you lay it flat and you take a few little slices off the root and a few little slices off the stem end and then laying it flat again there's your thumb at one end and put your fingers at the other end and your fingernails are bent back and there are your knuckles sticking out a little bit and those act as a guide. And your knife you hold with your thumb and your forefinger on the top of the blade and your fingers gripping around the handle. And you don't put your finger on top of the blade. You have it under the blade. This may seem a little bit awkward at first, but the ob object of this is that your knife should be an extension of your hand. And if you have your finger on it like that, you don't have quite as much wrist movement as you do when you're this way. So practice holding it this way, and in about several days, it will feel convenient. 
And then when you chop, you come straight down like that and out. You'll see now I'm coming straight down and then pushing out a little bit. That's the reason you have this wedge shape. You see, I'm coming against my knuckle like that, and then I'm with my thumb, see, I push my fingers back a little bit at each chop. That's why you have your thumb, because that guides you. There, I'll do another one. There's the cut side down, and then cut off this little root end, and then cut off the little stem end, and then bracing it with your thumb, and your fingers pointed back, and your knife held this way, comes straight down. You'll have to start doing slowly at first, and then gradually get faster and faster and faster and faster. Like that. You see, if you have really uh, mastered your knife, and this will probably take you maybe a week or maybe two, you can really plow through, oh, two or three pounds of onions in, in really five minutes or less. But these are, these are the kinds of things, if you're, going to, if you're going to do any serious cooking, this is the dog work that you, should <clears throat> that you should practice on and get so that you can do it just as fast as possible. Because then you won't be upset if you have a recipe that says that you have to have eight cups of thinly sliced onions. It's very easy to do, and you rather enjoy it because it's something that you enjoy, take a pride in. See now, as soon as the, as soon as the, I'm finished, I dry the knife and be sure to dry it also that way so that the sharp end is away from you. And now we're going to have, we have, we're going to do onion soup for six to eight people, so we want five to six cups of onions, or that would be one, one and a half to two pounds of yellow onions. And you notice that I was chopping those onions and I didn't cry at all. And I think that's one of the main reasons is because I've got this great sharp knife and it cuts right through the onions and so they don't splatter. If I had a dull knife, the, the, the onion juice would splatter up into my eyes. No, after you've cut all the onions, you can get the onion taste off your hands very easily. Wash them first in cold water. Rinse them off, and then sprinkle about a teaspoon of salt in your wet hands, and then rub the salt in, wash it off, and then wash it again in warm water. And if you find that you still have a little bit of onion on your hands, just repeat the process. I think you find that this will get all the onion off very easily. And now, when you've got all of your onions chopped up, you're going to then cook them. And this soup calls for browned onions. And we have five, five to six cups for six people. And we're going to cook them in uh, oil and butter. I'm going to put in about a tablespoon of cooking oil and about two tablespoons of butter. And then in go the onions. And now this, the, I think you'll find with this onion soup, if you're going to make it all yourself, you're going to get much the best flavor if you use 
fresh onions because you want to get it's onion soup so you've got to get the most flavor that you can and then you want to stir the onions around until they're fully covered with your oil and butter and then to brown them, you do it in two steps. The first one is called in French étuve, which means cooking the onions until they're tender. And then after you've cooked them until they're tender, then you brown them. But to do this étuve, or cooking until tender, you cook them over moderate heat with a cover on for about 20 minutes until they're tender and translucent. Because if you tried to brown the onions right now, you'd have brown sort of raw onions and they wouldn't taste very good. So the, when you're doing the onions, this, this part takes somewhat of a long time, but it's this if you're making your own onion soup, which is so very important is to brown them, brown them properly. So cook them covered for about 20 minutes, and then when they're done, they cut down and see the, see the difference. Those five or six cups now have cooked down to about, say, about a cup and a half. And they're nice and tender, and you could, at this point, you could use the onions to make uh, to make a white onion soup if you wanted to. And then when they've cooked down this way, you are ready to brown them. And for that, you set them over moderately high heat. And you're gonna, it's gonna take you about 20 to 30 minutes to brown them properly. And to help them brown, you add a little pinch of sugar and you also add some salt. And I left the salt way over here while I was washing my hands. You don't want very much sugar, but just this little tiny bit, about, say, half to a quarter of a teaspoonful. The sugar will caramelize, and then, and that helps the onions to brown. And then we'll put in about a teaspoon of salt. And then you have to keep stirring them fairly frequently so in other words when you're cooking them stay quite near them and you'll notice as they start browning they will begin uh, attaching a little bit to the bottom of the pan be sure that you have a heavy bottom pan otherwise you'll have a thin bottom pan you'll find that that the onions will burn on the bottom then you just keep stirring them around and finally they will brown and look like this and this is amazing yeah, I'll take that, these things out so you can see, but look at how little there are of those onions that you started out with with five or six cups because there's so much water in them. And so when you have your onions browned like this, you can use them for all kinds of other things, saying smothering steaks or hamburgers in onions. And these are just perfectly delicious just the way they are. And now we're ready to start making a soup out of them. And we want first to have a, about three tablespoons of flour in, because this gives the soup a little body and thickening. So that's one heaping tablespoon and one level tablespoon, and that makes three tablespoons. And this you want to cook over sort of moderate heat. And if you find that you don't have 
quite enough butter in just to add a little bit more because you want to make a paste of it because you want to cook the flour and brown it lightly. Brown, fry, raw rice, and this also you don't want to you want to do rather slowly so that you've browned it nicely. I think I have my heat a little bit too high there. No. And this you would cook about two or three minutes. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but when you do it, you cook it for two or three minutes until the flour slowly browns. And then. You're ready to add your add the liquid to it. And if you're going to do onion soup yourself, it would be too bad to use canned stock with it because it has beef stock. If you had canned stock, then it would taste just like canned onion soup. So you might just as well have started out with canned onion soup in the first place. And so you would have a homemade stock. And this is a great mixture of beef shanks and chicken necks and water and vegetables and this is simmered for five or six hours and it looks awful but it's perfectly delicious and I want to have about six cups in all but I'm just going to put in a little bit first and then stir it around to make sure that it's blended nicely with the flour and also so that I've scraped up all the brown Tomato, sort of brown butter, onion juices corn, in the bottom chicken, of the pan. Tamale, As a matter of fact, I think I should stir that up with a wire flour, whip to make sure cover, that the flour is all mixed corn, up nicely. And then the rest of the the rest of the stock goes in about about six cups. But if you're going to make a stock yourself, we've done a lot of them. Particularly, I remember a great turkey stock. Just save all the bones and things and then buy a little bit of fresh meat. And all you need to do is just to put water and, and carrots and onions and celery and salt in and then just simmer it. And then you come up with a perfectly beautiful stock. And then set this over heat and let it bring up to the simmer. And this is... And then... This, of course, is now only browned onions and beef stock, but you want to add some little French touches, such as wine and herbs. And you can use either white wine or red wine. I'm going to use some California Regular mountain red wine and put in well just about a cup there. Fashion. Beacon, I don't know, that is quite a cup, a little bit more. It's all going to cook down and then put in some herbs like a bay leaf, and I'm going to use about a half a teaspoon of powdered sage. And then that is to cook very slowly. You don't even need to cover it. You can partially cook it, but let it cook very slowly for 30 or 40 minutes to get all the flavor out. And now, if you were using uh, canned or dehydrated onion soups, and there's some awfully good ones on the market, just follow the package directions, and then when you've rehydrated it or heated it up, then to add your own touches to it, then put in some, some wine and bay leaf and herbs and let that simmer for 20 20 or 30 clear. minutes so that because you have to when you're using wine you have to let it cook out for hour and, one and then let it simmer until until it's until it tastes perfectly delicious because it's cooked down and that's all there is to the cookings and 
Be sure then before you're ready to serve it that you've very, very carefully tasted it. It has just the right amount of salt and pepper and everything else and you can do it way ahead of time and just let it sit if you want. And you can serve it perfectly plain just as it is. Just serve it in soup cups with some French bread and cheese. Or if you want to be very French, you will serve croutes with it. And croutes are spelled C for crust, R-O-U-T-E-S. And that's just what they are. They're little crusts of toasted French bread, which are, are sort of nice and crisp, sort of hard toasted French bread. And they're perfectly delicious. And I think they add a great deal to French onion soup. Now we're going to slice. This takes some homemade type white, French, white bread, French bread if, if possible, and cut it into one inch slices. I'll just make four of these. And then place it on a baking sheet. And then you bake it in a 325 oven for 15 minutes on each side. And what I like to do is to take a little light olive oil and paint each side of them with a little oil. And that just seems D to give them a little better ben. flavor. Radio Cook day or night. And that's just half an hour in a 325 One oven and they're all made. And they come out just like that. And I always make quite a quite a few extra ones because they're just because they're so good. But what we're going to do also with these fruits is to make um, onion soup gratiné. And you can you this is going to be baked in the oven. You can use any kind of a casserole, baking dish, souffle dish, whatever you like. This is a French earthen earthenware casserole, which is sort of typical, so I'm going to use that. Now this, we will say that this soup has simmered for 30 or 40 minutes and is perfect in every respect. And so you, you could serve it in this casserole I have, but I'm just going to be fancy and put it in the earthenware casserole. There goes all the onion in. Then you can add some more French touches, such as a little bit of cognac, about two or three tablespoons. That certainly wouldn't ever hurt any soup at all, and that all cooks down. And then you can add some more. And this is particularly useful if you're doing using bottom soup. Take a raw onion and break that in. You think you've had enough onions in, but this little grated raw onion adds a that je ne sais quoi. And then so it'll be cheesy and sticky, you know, so that when you lift it up, it springs out. Take some Swiss cheese and just slice it. Well, this is probably about, I'll use about two ounces and slice it through the grater, and that goes an in. And that's going to give it that sort of nice stringy quality. And then just take your, your toasted croups, and they go on top. Serving cocktail, maybe a matter of glasses, 
cover one brand. And then the cheese goes on top. And this would use a combination of grated Swiss cheese and Parmesan cheese. And be sure that you put a big, thick layer on, like about half an inch. And be sure that you get all the toast covered, because when it goes into the oven, if you don't have all the toast covered, it's going to, some of the toast will burn. And then take a little bit of olive oil or melted butter and pour that over the cheese. And that helps it brown. Then this should be done just at the last minute and then you're ready to put it into the oven. And this bakes in a 350 degree oven. And this bakes for just about half an hour. And I have one Constantly here that's been baked for just about half an hour. Out she comes. You see, that's all bubbling nicely. But the cheese hasn't browned very much. So, that, so then you put it under the broiler for just about a minute until the, just to brown the cheese very lightly. Nice. It's so hot, I better Cavity use some pot holders. Sprinkle boiled or chopped olives. I tried thinking Packaged that I could both brown the cheese the uh, at the same time as baking in the, in the oven the other day, and I put one in a 425-degree oven and found that it bubbled up so much that all the... WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We'd like to thank Saruman for the exquisite culinary mix on this evening's Pandora's Lunchbox. The next best thing to having Ed Special and Mike Perini on at the same time. Good evening. My name's R. Wolf, and this is Face the Music. I'd like to introduce another 60 minutes of vintage live jams. This is an all-vinyl broadcast the next hour. And I'd like to open with somebody older than myself, Yubi Blake. I wrote this, ladies and gentlemen, in 1899. See, I composed it. I always say I wrote it. I could not write music then. I didn't start to write music until I was 15 years old. And I'll play the Charleston Rag. Now the bass you hear. These people call it boogie. We called it the walking bass. See? Now I'll play the Charleston Rag. Mm -hmm. 